Well, every blessing to you all and welcome back to my open air pulpit and a very happy new year to all of you. 2021 has finally come around. 2020 was a torrent of a year, a terrible year for, let's be honest, the majority of people, COVID-19 would affect all of us indirectly. Yes, some directly, but for the most part, indirectly for the vast majority of us. And at the end of 2020, out of nowhere, out of the clouds, a Brexit deal was done. So I guess one positive thing came out of 2020, but the goal for 2021, as far as the politicians are concerned, will be to vaccinate around 22 million people from the ages of 50 plus. We'll see how that works out. A very ambitious project, of course. My prediction will be that the first three months of 2021 will be a rerun of 2020. More lockdowns, but of course they've got the vaccine now and they're really rolling it out. And yet to date, I've still to see any members of the royal family publicly lining up to take the vaccination or any senior members of the British government lining up to publicly take the vaccination. And of course, world leaders in Canada, America, Paris, uh, Germany, and all the Western European countries, as far as I know, as of right now, the 1st of January, 2021, have still to be vaccinated. Of course, Pence had it in America late last year, but as far as I know, as of right now, Trump and his wife, Trump and his many children and grandchildren have yet to be vaccinated. So it's always helpful to say that if you believe in something, you should lead by example. A famous uh, British general whose name escapes me uh, was always very good at doing that. He would give orders to his men and then he would lead from the front. That's how it needs to be done, of course. Well, this morning, very beautiful freezing cold open air morning pulpit video it's minus two degrees celsius and yet i will say this it feels very mild it feels very warm as i was coming up here this morning i thought it's going to be freezing minus two a mild wind uh, coming from the right of me but i've been up here much colder weather. i think one year I came up was 2014 it was minus eight degrees celsius freezing cold well, by the grace of God, this will be my 19th year as a Bible-believing Christian. 19 amazing years. Uh, couldn't have guessed how my Christian life would play out when I first became a Christian 19 years ago. When I first got saved, I gave my testimony to everyone and anyone. And uh, about a year or two after being saved, uh, we were sending out Patrick's book. Patrick and I, he wrote a book on Revelation, posting it out to people all over the world. Happy days, happy memories, they really were. And of course, when we first got saved, Patrick got saved before I did, late 90s, early noughties, as they say. I got saved in 2002. Uh, before we both got saved, there was no YouTube, no Twitter, no Instagram, no Facebook. Uh, we did things the old-fashioned way, <laughs> like writing letters. And I was writing letters to people in prisons in Britain and America sending many tracks and uh, many of Patrick's uh, revelation commentary. So happy memories. And here we are with an international ministry by the grace of God, not only making videos like this from my beautiful open air pulpit, but doing street work. And we go out every weekend onto the streets to pass out the gospel, to speak to people. Even though we've been in lockdown uh, over the last 12 months, we've still been going out, uh, putting the word of God out, speaking to people, doing our Sunday morning live sermons, and uh, by the grace of God, I've got up to the 18th Psalm. 
I spent over 30 weeks going through the Book of Psalms and I've been able to record over 21 hours of material so it's been a on the one hand a very productive 2020 but on the other hand it's been a very disappointing 2020 our brother in Spain has been very ill and other people we've known have been ill not with COVID but with other issues but by the grace of God as far as we know as far as I know as of right now January the 1st uh, they are on the mend praise the Lord for that indeed so for this morning I want to speak about the Antichrist the mark of the beast it could be that later this month when Joe Biden raises his left hand and the Bible is presented and probably Jill Biden will be holding his Bible, a Catholic Bible, I would imagine. And Justice Roberts will probably be swearing Joe in. He puts his right hand up and puts his left hand over the Bible. I think that's how they do it in America. It's been said that while Joe is swearing to uphold the US Constitution, the rapture will take place and we are removed from planet Earth. I love that sentiment. We'll have to see, of course, if that does take place it's still possible that trump could hold on to power it is possible that the senate may vote in his favor but as of right now it's looking 50 50. but of course if joe biden is sworn in later this month jesuit joe things will change very quickly america will go to the left i never thought i'd live to see that but that's what's going to happen he will probably step down after several months i would imagine Kamala Harris will take over and she's hard left and she would do to the Americans what has never been done to the British <coughs> take the Americans to the far left and if that does happen then of course look out for the military in America how they respond to the American system being steered hard left towards China Russia and Iran it's also been said over the last few days that this Pope could stand down and of course if he does stand down uh, he'll be replaced obviously and uh, if he is replaced which is what normally takes place when a pope dies in office of course the previous pope stood down first time in 600 years and if this current pope does stand down he'll be replaced obviously and it could be that the pope who replaces him is the final pope the antichrist so it could be a very interesting year 2021 in the meantime we continue to push on patrick and i we still are putting out tracks we're going to order a new tract uh, this month this year and uh, patrick is still writing his munich nights he's up to i think chapter 34 and that's going very well so we're going to continue to push on right up until the last moment until the last uh, breath in our lungs of course but if biden does become the president this month and if the current pope steps down and a new younger more uh fashionable uh successful suave pope replaces him with the gift of the gab like john paul ii then look out because this could be the year that we are raptured of course let's begin if we may in zechariah chapter 11 zechariah chapter 11 and i've been thinking about this message over the last several days and the cloud is now clearing behind me praise the lord for that so mild it's so bizarre it's like the lord has just warmed me up from top to bottom but I was thinking about this message over the last few days and of course if you spend time in the word of God he does show you so many things let's start in Zechariah 11 and these verses will lay out some of the traits some of the characters of the Antichrist 11:16. for lo I will raise up a shepherd in the land a counterfeit shepherd of course I am the good shepherd the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want this is a counterfeit shepherd in the land Israel which shall not visit those that be cut off 
has no interest in those that have been cut off not just those who have been cut off like put to death but those that have been cut off like frozen out he has no interest in such people neither shall seek the young one the young person who needs to be uh, taken care of encouraged nurtured nor heal that that is broken 2020 saw the charismatic movements all over the world just humiliated people like Benny Hinn Kenneth Copeland uh, Joyce Mayer Paula White the list goes on and on and on for many many years have been speaking about doing great miracles they will say that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever and yet when 2020 came along hospitals were full all over the place and still are as of right now people are still dying getting sick not one charismatic in Britain or America or anywhere in Europe or the Far East has gone to those hospitals and said clear the way such and such is going to put those people back on their feet no need for the vaccination I'm going to heal you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ didn't do a thing because they can't of course nor feed that's that standard still they won't feed the poor they like to indulge themselves and of course the more they indulge themselves the more their people go without but he shall eat the flesh of the fat like the fat of the land he will become more and more rich and of course the poor become more and more poor and that goes back to the mark of the beast which we'll look at later which will be compulsory in the tribulation to survive and tear their claws in pieces like santa claus santa claus another type of the antichrist of course santa claus is spelled c-l-a-u-s but here it's c-l-a-w-s different spelling but it's similar if you follow my gist every christmas children all over the world fall over themselves they can't wait for santa claus to arrive or in the uk we call him father christmas and parents leave the carrot out and the milk out and the kids go to bed christmas eve so excited can't sleep christmas morning they run down the stairs and there's all these goodies under the tree santa claus came in the night sounds great doesn't it but of course it's a lie and those children grow up and they say to their parents well if you lie to me about santa claus maybe you lie to me about jesus christ for lo i raise up a shepherd in the land which shall not visit those that be cut off neither shall seek the young one nor he or that that is broken broken in heart it needs to be restored is suffering is struggling and of course this shepherd is only in in it for himself only wants uh, what he can get out of it for himself nor feed that that standeth still but he shall eat the flesh of the fat and tear their claws in pieces their claws keep that reference to there in mind and i'm going to suggest this is also aimed not only at the antichrist but at the false prophet as well 17 woe to the idle shepherd that leaveth the flock idle like i-d-o-l like idolatry not i-d-l-e like lazy but idle like a false deity someone to bow down to this shepherd wants to be worshipped paul says over in second thessalonians he will go into the third temple sit down and basically tell the world he is god almighty and many will follow the beast and of course once they do that off to perdition they go forever woe to the idle shepherd that leaveth the flock the sword shall be upon his right arm excuse me shall be upon his arm upon his right eye his arm shall be clean dried up and his right eye shall be utterly darkened so you're told straight away that the shepherd has an issue with his right arm and his right eye woe to the idle shepherd that leaveth the flock the sword shall be upon his arm 
and upon his right eye his arm shall be cleaned uh, shall be clean dried up and his right eye shall be utterly darkened so one of the things to look out for when it comes to the antichrist is who is he what does he look like how does he carry himself he has an issue with his right eye you think back to gordon brown a previous british prime minister had a problem with one of his eyes maybe in his left eye from memory but i might be wrong but he would be an interesting character he wasn't the antichrist of course he's long forgotten but one of his eyes uh, would fail him mushai dayan uh, during the six day war uh, had a patch over one of his eyes or pop stars like gabrielle or gabriel gabrielle i think that's her name she would cover her eye and i got to think about this last night all these pop stars all over the world people like katy perry and uh beyonce and uh lady gaga i mean all of them even madonna they all have one thing in common they like to cover their eye one of their eyes normally the left eye so that the right eye sticks out if you were to say to those people especially the younger ones why do you do that they couldn't answer it it's almost like when you become a pop star you are invited to uh, enter that world of the uh, entertainment industry as they call it and it's like you're told to be antichrist you're told to say and do things which will be anti-god but i think mo most of the younger people have no idea really what they are a part of but 16 again for lo i raise up a shepherd in the land which shall not visit those that be cut off neither shall seek the young one nor heal that that is broken nor feed that that standeth still but he shall eat the flesh of the fat and tear their claws in pieces if you have a pastor in your church or an elder or a minister call him what you will who earns more money than you do who lives a very ostentatious life uh, likes to feed his flesh something is wrong woe to the idle shepherd that leaveth the flock the sword shall be upon his arm and upon his right eye his arm shall be clean dried up and his right eye shall be utterly darkened go to ezekiel 34 think about arms you think of someone like uh, stalin had a problem with, with uh, one of his arms napoleon has something wrong with one of his arms and uh, kaiser king kaiser of germany has something wrong with one of his arms hitler towards the end of world war ii had problems with uh, one of his arms it couldn't stop uh, twitching and of course he had parkinson's disease all types of the antichrist as well ezekiel 34 1 and the word of the lord came unto me saying son of man prophesy against the shepherds of israel prophesy and say unto them thus saith the lord god unto the shepherds woe be to the shepherds of israel that do feed themselves should not the shepherds feed the flocks well of course you think of priests do you think of pastors you think of those who live in big houses drive nice cars have holiday homes spend all their time feeding the flesh they recycle old sermons they don't put themselves out they don't lead by example one of my greatest experiences when i first got saved in 2003 would be to go to romania a wonderful experience i was only there for a week but i learned so much during that week an amazing american couple from uh, texas i think from memory or atlanta i forget where they were from america and they, they left a good life in america went to romania just after the fall of uh, the berlin wall communism had just come down late 1980s they arrived in romania learnt the language would you believe they're looking after all these young people single mothers blind people deaf people i mean real poverty and i was able to sleep in the compound where they were living at freezing cold compound and i had uh, all my clothes on i had clothes clothes on clothes 
outside toilets, bitterly cold, minus 10 at night. I mean, it's minus two at the moment. It was minus three last night, but Romania was just freezing, bitterly cold. And I got to see uh, ministry work up close and personal. I loved it. And I got to preach. One of my first sermons I preached uh, way back in 2003 was in a country far away. But those Americans living very simple, living very simple lives in a very poor country, driving an old car, hardly uh, spoiling themselves, hardly, hardly feeding the flesh. You couldn't really condemn them. Son of man, 34.1, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel, prophesy and say unto them, thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds, woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? This is in reference to, on the one hand, Jeremiah's day, and of course Ezekiel's day, aimed at apostate Jewish leaders, feeding themselves, getting rich off the fat of the land, Ye eat the fat, and ye clothe you with the wool. Ye kill them that are fed, but ye feed not the flock. The diseased have ye not strengthened, neither have ye healed that which was sick, neither have ye bound up that which was broken, neither have ye brought again, again that which was driven away, neither have ye sought that which was lost, but with force and with cruelty have ye ruled them. And they are scattered because there is no shepherd and they became meat to all the beasts of the field when they were scattered my sheep wandered through all the mountains and upon every high hill yea my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth and none did search or seek after them go to jeremiah 23 this is nothing new of course leaders become very powerful very wealthy very successful in a short period of time your average family that goes to an average church in uh, their country especially in America will tithe an awful lot more than 10% and uh, that money you wouldn't mind if it went into the mission field you wouldn't mind if it was sent to those on the front line or given to purchase more Bibles you'd be all for that wouldn't you Many times it doesn't go anywhere like that, it goes into the pockets of such people. Uh, Jeremiah 23, 1. Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. Therefore saith, therefore thus saith the Lord God of Israel, against the pastors that feed my people, you've scattered my flock and driven them away, and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of all your doing, saith the Lord. This is also partly mentioned over Matthew 25 when I was sick you didn't come to me when I was naked you didn't clothe me when I was hungry you didn't feed me when I was thirsty you didn't give me water to drink same sort of a sentiment three and I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the country out of all countries whither I have driven them and will bring them again to their folds and they should be fruitful and, and increase <coughs> Jehovah is so patient with the Jews it's a wonderful thing to Think about so patient with the Jews, Christ, so patient with the church. And I will gather the remnants of my flock out of all countries. This is also eschatological, whither I have driven them and will bring them again to their folds. And they should be fruitful and increased, like leading up to 1948, of course. And I will set up shepherds over them, which shall feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord like the two witnesses, like the 144,000, 
go to uh, Jeremiah 48. So of course you've got the condemnation of leaders back in the times of Jeremiah and Ezekiel and also Zechariah, nothing new under the sun of course, as Solomon would say. For today it's the same sort of a thing. Church leaders are still for the most part saying nothing, doing nothing. They're still following the uh, tune of the government, still following what the government tells them in this country anyway. I'm still waiting to see senior leaders in this country get up and preach the gospel. Hasn't happened of course. 2020 was a terrible year and you would have thought that would have been the year for days, weeks, months of prayer, fasting, repentance. Doesn't happen of course. It seems to be a problem for these leaders to say or do anything. And in the end they sit on the fence and uh, count their money. Jeremiah 48, look at verse 1. Against Moab, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Moab is confounded and dismayed. So Jeremiah 48 now switches gear. The condemnation started with the leaders and in type, leaders today in any denomination, any uh, church system. All of us could do more, including myself and Patrick. We'd all, we could all lead by a better example, I'm sure. Uh, but the switch now goes from the people of Israel to Moab, one of the enemies of Israel. And here the Lord is against Moab. And it says also in verse 1, Moab, or, or Misgab I should say, Misgab is confounded and dismayed. Now today, Moab is modern-day Jordan, modern-day Syria. If you think back to Genesis 19, and we'll get there shortly, uh, on one occasion Lot uh, was trying to run uh, for his life. He had his two daughters with him, and the daughters thought the entire world had been destroyed. And they said to their father, we better take shelter sort of a thing. And they said to one another, we better lie with our father, produce seed to re-inhabit the earth. And of course, from that incident, two illegitimate sons were born against Moab, modern-day Jordan, modern-day Syria, against Moab, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Woe unto Nebo, for it is spoiled. Misgab is confounded and dismayed. Two, there shall be no more praise of Moab. Also thou shalt be cut down, O madmen. The sword shall pursue thee, madmen. Gives the impression of two madmen, not madmen. If it's madmen, it's a plurality. You've got the Antichrist, you've got the false prophet there. But for the most part, this is aimed at the Antichrist per se. For Moab is destroyed. Her little ones have cried, have caused to cry to be heard. Moab is destroyed. Well, not yet. It's not. The Allies couldn't destroy Syria. They tried over the last 10 or 15 years. The Americans were unable to destroy Syria. The British were unable to destroy Syria. NATO was unable to destroy Syria. The Russians stepped in and they were able to protect Syria and of course Jordan, uh, another Islamic country, is very close to Washington and London. Moab is destroyed, well not yet, this has to be eschatological, this is still in the future I would suggest. Her little ones have caused a cry to be heard. 7. For because thou hast trusted in thy works and in thy treasures, Thou shalt also be taken. It's like all these church systems all over the world. They all teach faith and works to be saved. They all have a problem with grace. They can't articulate grace. They all struggle to explain what grace is. They all say, well, if you get baptized, that starts your salvation. Or if you want to be a member of our church, you need to be baptized. And then you can start tithing. But you can't uh, tithe until you've been baptized. And you can't join the church until you've been baptized. And of course, you can't tithe until you've been baptized. It's like a circular argument. And all these churches have a real problem with grace. They can't define it for you. 
Well, I spent nearly 20 years now speaking out against teachers who have a real issue with grace. What is it? How does it work? How are we saved? This is how Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, way back in Genesis. He wasn't saved by building a boat. He may have saved his life by boarding the boat, but he wasn't saved uh, for, uh, from his sins by building a boat. He found grace in the eyes of the Lord. We found grace through the Lord Jesus Christ. For because thou hast trusted in thy works, like the Church of Rome, the Mass, or the Church of England, uh, going to church, and in thy treasures, were very wealthy, they say, many rich uh, churches in America and South Korea, and even in the UK, a lot of prosperous churches, hundreds go every Sunday, but what do they learn? They sing, they dance, they enjoy themselves, but what are they learning? Thou shalt also be taken, jump down, his priests and his princes together. So in the context, princes and priests of Israel, back in the days of uh, Jeremiah, but again, scripture with scripture, and we'll keep building on this, tribulation and the latter part of the church age. We are living in the church of Laodicea, of course. Nine, give wings unto Moab, that it may flee and get away, for the cities thereof shall be desolate without any to dwell therein. The Lord has a love for such people. He's not willing that any should perish, but how all should come to repentance in Syria today, in Jordan today. There are saved people, not many, but there are some. In the so-called Palestinian territories, there are saved people, not many, but some. And that's why it always grieves the Lord uh, when incidents flow up all over the world and angry Islamic countries line up to take on Israel. And of course, people living in such Islamic countries bear the real brunt of the Israeli response. But it's interesting when I look back over the last 19 years, before I was saved, I guess I was a secular Catholic for a period of time. I was serving mass up until the age of 14, perhaps 15. Went to church every Christmas, every Easter, and probably went to church at least once a month. Uh, and I had no idea really until I got saved 19 years ago, just how religious the world is. I've seen so many movies over the years and you don't really appreciate this until you get saved. There's such an anger, there's such a hatred of God in these Hollywood movies. You'll see a film and it'll say, there'll be, a, there'll be a, a scene in a film where they'll start to quote scripture like, there's no peace for the wicked, ha ha ha. Or what would Jesus say about that, ha ha ha. Or look out, uh, hell fires under your feet, ha ha ha. Always mocking, always scoffing at the Lord. I saw a video years ago on YouTube, it may have been uh, uh, how they sold their souls for rock and roll. One of those documentary videos years ago. There's a scene in one of those, movie, uh, in one of those videos of a scene of a movie, one of those videos of uh, Al Pacino. I forget which film it was. It may have been Scarface or one of those films. I haven't seen Scarface. I might be wrong when I say that, but one of his big movies. And there's this 10 minute monologue in this movie where he's cursing God, blaspheming him, shouting and screaming at him, really reading him the riot act. I thought, wow, such anger, such hatred. You think of uh, not only Hollywood who do this, uh, but the entertainment industry, their lyrics are very anti-Christ. If you play some of their songs backwards, uh, remember that uh, Britney Spears record that came out years ago, uh, Hit Me Baby One More Time. You slow it down or you play it backwards, I forget which it was. You hear very sexual lyrics being named at children, young children. Nobody seems to say anything about it. Or so Katy Perry dressing up in Egyptian apparel, 
and there's this push, this push back against the Lord. And again, the one eye, they cover the left eye, the right eye stands out and they're saying, we know all about the right eye. We know what it's to do or what it's to do with, and we hate you, God. That's what they're saying. Incredible. Uh, 48, 10. Cursed be he that doeth the work of the Lord deceitfully. There's your pastors, there's your preachers, there's your evangelists when you do it for the money. And cursed be he that keepeth back his sword from blood. So for the Old Testament, prophets, priests were expected to eliminate enemies of the Lord like Samuel would do. For today, we don't eliminate anyone. We preach against them. We call them out if we have to, but we don't eliminate people per se. We pray, we fast, we intercede for those who are against the Lord. But in the tribulation, it's quite possible that you'll have a, run, a rerun of the Old Testament, like the two witnesses perhaps, or the 144,000. But more likely, during the tribulation, uh, Christ will avenge uh, his elect, of course. 11. Moab hath been at ease from his youth. Therefore his taste remained in him, and his sense is not changed. So the switch goes from not just a people, the Moabites, enemies uh, of Israel, and of course Ruth was from the Moabite people, they were a cursed people, they couldn't enter the congregation of the Lord for ten <coughs> generations, but now it goes from not only being a people born into sin, thanks to the incest incident back in uh, Genesis uh, 19, but the switch has now gone from a people to the beasts, because every country has principalities assigned to it, like for example Germany, on the one hand would produce the Protestant Reformation, and later on would be responsible for 20 million deaths. Britain would produce the King James Bible, and then later on be responsible for six million abortions. So something connected with Britain and Germany. A principality, a prince like a prince, a, a member of the royalty, if you will, and principality, uh, palatality, like a power, prince of the powers. And every country has unclean spirits over them, which are assigned to them. Daniel speaks about this. On one occasion, he was praying to the Lord for help. And the Lord says to Daniel, your prayers have been heard and for 21 days Michael has been trying to get through to help you but the Prince of Persia has been withstanding him Prince of Persia an unclean spirit a powerful spirit able to push back an archangel for 21 days three weeks and when Michael comes and goes the Prince of Grisha is also uh, hovering over Persia Moab hath been at ease from his youth, put his feet up, enjoying himself for many a year. The Church of Rome were enjoying themselves. Your average Catholic couldn't speak uh, Latin, couldn't read or write Latin, let alone English. And every Sunday they would go to Mass and the priest would get up, perform the Tridentine Mass with his back to the congregation. The Mass was in Latin, of course. They had no idea what was being said. They couldn't follow along. And that went on for century after century after century. Christians, the true church, were running parallel with this apostate church, of course. And one day, a Catholic monk by the name of Martin Luther decided enough, enough was enough, and he would launch the Protestant Reformation. October the 31st, 1517, and of course Germany was never the same after that. That was a good thing. Fast forward to 1933, Hitler arrives, and by the end of 1945, 20 million people are dead because of a German 
Uh, therefore his taste remained in him, and his scent is not changed. We'll keep building on that in a few moments. Go down to verse 13. And Moab shall be ashamed of Chemosh. Uh, 15. Moab is spoiled. 16. The calamity of Moab is near to come, and his affliction ha uh, and his affliction hasteth fast. So again, the switch takes place. You almost miss it. It starts off with being aimed at people per se, leaders in such a part of the world which were enmity uh, with Israel. But of course, behind the enmity, there are spirits, principalities. 18. Thou door to that dust inhabit, Debion or Dibon, come down from thy glory and sit in thirst, for the spoiler of Moab shall come upon thee. And he shall destroy thy strongholds. You have to go to school in the West to be educated out of theism. And one of the reasons why I do believe this is the word of God and my faith is a one true faith because of the attacks that we put up with on a daily basis. The continual attacks against the Bible, against Christianity, against the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ, his blood atonement. I mean, why would these people bother? Why would Dawkins write so many books? Why would... Uh, Hollywood be always attacking the Lord and uh, ridiculing him. Why would the music industry be putting out records about demons and devils like Bohemian Rhapsody, which came out in the 1970s, or the Beatles, or the Rolling Stones, or Madonna, or any of those people? Why would they bother to attack the book if it wasn't so? No other faith on the face of the earth gets such an attack. And that's one of the other, uh, another reason why I do believe that we, those of us which are born again, have the true religion. 20 moab is confounded for it uh, for it is broken down moab is spoiled 21 the judgment and judgment has come upon the plain country 24 and upon kilioth and upon bozra and upon all the cities of the land of moab far or near kirioth is where judas iscariot came from and of course judas iscariot is one of the most infamous characters in the entire bible and here, Kilioth, uh, Bozrah, and the land of Moab, far or near. 25, the horn of Moab is cut off. The horn, like the strength of Moab, is cut off. Well, not yet. I mean, as of right now, Jordan is still doing okay for herself. Syria is still, uh, still doing okay for herself. Bashad runs Syria. Hussein runs Jordan. I think from memory, Jordan wasn't really a nation until uh, after World War One. But Syria goes way back into the Old Testament. The horn of Moab is cut off, and his arm, his arm, his arm is broken, saith the Lord. What is going on with this arm? The arm. 26. Make ye him drunken, for he magnified himself against the Lord. That's what the devil would do in uh, Ezekiel. Make that Isaiah, Isaiah uh, 14. Moab also shall wallow in his vomit. And he also shall be in derision. 29. We have heard the pride of Moab. The pride of Moab. He is exceeding proud. His loftiness and his arrogancy and his pride and the haughtiness of his heart. You think of Gay Pride Month. Every June they march in London. Gay Pride Month. Every August they march in uh, Manchester. Every politician in this country. I mean, I mean, every single one of them, even the Catholics in this country, line up and they march with these homosexuals forcing their way of life down our throats and again if you think I'm 
uh, over exaggerating it just speak out against homosexuality and you get such a huge backlash or LGBT more specifically or uh, BLM or those sorts of groups they will just come after you they will just slap you down there's a spirit behind such groups of course but here we've heard the pride of Moab in the context of people uh, but this is also feedback into the Laodicea era he is exceeding proud also in reference to the Antichrist his loftiness and his arrogance he's arrogant he's puffed up many Catholics are very arrogant the hard to reach for Christ and his pride that's what caused the devil to fall and the haughtiness the arrogancy of his heart 30 I know his wrath saith the Lord but it shall not be so his lies shall not affect it therefore will I howl for Moab and I will cry out for all Moab mine heart shall mourn for the men of Kir Harez why would he say that because he wants these people to be saved he has a love for the whole world everyone and that's why Calvinism is such an abomination to the Lord they teach that God hates the majority and only loves the minority how he only wants the elect to be saved and how he predestinates the majority to go to hell forever and here the Lord is howling for Moab a people anti-Israel attacking Israel from beginning to end and today run by the Mohammedans the Syrians like I say and the Jordanians because inside of such a part of the world Jordan Turkey Syria are saved people 35 moreover I will cause to cease in Moab saith the Lord him that offereth in the high places and him that burneth incense to his gods Daniel speaks about the Antichrist worshipping the God of forces he has no interest in the God of the Bible Jehovah if the truth were known he worships himself but even those who worship themselves have to worship something outside of themselves in the UK sports I would suggest is the biggest religion then it will be uh, alcohol and then pornography but here he burns incense to his gods 42 and Moab shall be destroyed from being a people because he hath magnified himself against the Lord fear and the pit 43 and the snare shall be upon thee O inhabitants of Moab so the Antichrist is tied to Moab the Antichrist is a Syrian and of course Judas like I say was also a Syrian the inhabitant of Moab saith the Lord 47 yet will I bring again the captivity of Moab in the latter days saith the Lord thus far is the judgments of Moab this is all eschatological the Bible is a circle a circle of a book it's circular what you read what uh, what you read about in the Old Testament points to the New Testament and what you read in the New Testament points back to the Old Testament you can't separate the two turn to Jeremiah 13 if you will Jeremiah 13 I have been visiting the open-air pulpits every January the 1st for over a decade now and I've been making many videos up here since 2009 or 2010 I forget how many videos I've made many and over the years I've said this before I know but over the years uh, on a few occasions I felt a presence near me this morning I don't feel any presence praise the Lord uh, but sometimes I do because there are spirits all around us uh, not just uh, angels but 
principalities, unclean spirits, when someone like myself <coughs> speaks about subjects such as this, the devils are very interested to know what it's all about. When I was a Catholic, I was never told about devils, unclean spirits, a world, uh, an invisible world of fallen angels, principalities over countries. I was never told any of that stuff. All we were told about was the mass, the bread and the wine. And of course, the bread and the wine has been turned into an idol. Jeremiah 13, look at verse 23. Can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard his spots? Then may ye also do good that are accustomed to do evil. Well, of course not. Keep your hand there and go to uh, Genesis uh, 10. The beast is mentioned many times uh, in the word of God of course the beast isn't only a supernatural creature but the beast is also a person but it goes much deeper than that Genesis 10 8 and Cush begat Nimrod he began to be a mighty one in the earth so Cush goes back to Ham so it's Ham Cush Nimrod and it's my belief that you've got Ham Shem Japheth Japheth is the Caucasian the Gentile if you will Shem is the Shemite blessed be the Lord God of Shem all of your religions come from Shem Ham is probably your first black man so from Ham you've got Cush you've got Nimrod Nimrod he began to be a mighty one in the earth he's also a type of the Antichrist look at verse 9 he was a mighty hunter before the Lord wherefore it is said even as Nimrod the mighty hunter before the Lord hunter Nimrod he's a panther he's a leopard he's pictured as a lion a wild animal and you think of someone like Hunter Biden what a strange name to call your child Hunter Hunter Biden and again if, if uh, Trump concedes and if uh, Biden is sworn in later this month you'll have someone like Hunter Biden a criminal with very dubious links to Ukraine and other issues which uh, go back to his sin nature and you'll have someone like Jesuit Joe who running the White House I mean the Church of Rome can't believe it they got their man in the White House the first time since 1961 and Cush begat Nimrod he began to be a mighty one in the earth he was a mighty hunter before the Lord wherefore it is said even as Nimrod the mighty hunter before the Lord Hunter Biden, what a strange name. Go to Genesis uh, 19. Let's look a bit more in detail at the Moabites. 1937, and the firstborn bare a son and called his name Moab, the same as a father of the Moabites unto this day. Moab means from father. Again, this is an incestrious, 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 always trip on that word, incestrious incestuous uh, relationship and the younger she also bare a son and called his name Ben-Ami or Ben-Ami the same is the father of the children of Ammon unto this day meaning son of my people go back to uh, Jeremiah 13 23 uh, 13 23 can the Ethiopian change his skin Ethiopian a Hamite Pharaoh was a Hamite Ethiopia is a black country. Can the Ethiopian change his skin? Or the leopard, panther, like Nimrod, or the leopard, his spots? Well, of course not. 
then may you also do good that are accustomed to do evil go to revelation uh chapter 13 revelation chapter 13 look at verse 1 and i stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea having seven heads and ten horns and upon his horns ten crowns and upon his heads the name of blasphemy that goes also into detail found over in uh, revelation uh 17 the whore of rome of course but here again it's a beast like a leopard like a wild animal christ is called the lamb of god uh, de the devil is called a roaring lion christ is the angel of the lord uh, satan is called an angel of light uh, christ is called god almighty uh, the i am satan is called the god of this world you've got two things taking place you've got the visible and the invisible again go back to the daniel account he's praying to the lord for help and poor daniel a wonderful prophet one of the greatest in the old testament and the lord says to him read jeremiah check out what jeremiah wrote we just looked at jeremiah and poor jeremiah was a, a weeping prophet had a difficult ministry got very few people saved uh, very few people listened to what jeremiah would say and as he left his life he thought what a waste of time my life must have been like david brainard who had an had an who had a similar outlook on life spent many a year preaching very few converts and as jeremiah was leaving this earth straight to glory never in a thousand years could he have thought that one day daniel the great prophet daniel <laughs> would be reading his writings jeremiah's writings to see what was going on but daniel speaks about this battle in the skies in the second heaven which isn't visible to the human eye but look at verse 2 and the beast the beast which i saw was like unto a leopard and his feet were as the feet of a bear and his mouth as a mouth of a lion and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority the seat of rome they still like to discuss that the seat of rome i have to wait and see the pope take the vaccine he told world governments late last year to scrap nuclear weapons get rid of all their weapons and put all their money into the vaccine it's been rushed out most vaccines take years to produce these vaccines have been put out in what 10 months and i'm still waiting to see the queen and her husband take the jabs in their arms or william and his wife and their children take the jabs in their arms or harry and Meghan, or the trumps or famous people all over the world uh, they want you to take the jab before they will of course but here the beast is like unto a leopard going back to uh, genesis 10 a mighty hunter and of course a panther a leopard a wild cat basically like an ethiopian like a leopard whose spots don't change same sort of a thing and this beast is like a leopard in type uh like greece greece uh the leopard was, the leopard was, was always connected to greece and his feet as a feet of a bear like media persia and yet today you think of someone out somewhere somewhere like russia get my words out in a minute russia the bear which is now returning she's more powerful than she's ever been i think it was last month 10 russian warships entered into british waters 10 warships and britain didn't do a thing mouth of a lion like babylon but you think of someone like england english england's uh 
coat of arms was a griffin, a bear, uh, excuse me, a lion with wings. You got a leopard, you got a bear, you got a lion. So the Antichrist is tied in with a leopard, a bear, and a lion. Greece, Media, Persia, Babylon. He's an amalgamation of all three countries, if you will, all three cultures mixed in. He's got the Greek philosophy behind him, wisdom, so-called, the belief in man, man's wisdom to work out what this is all about. Human wisdom, which Paul condemns over in 1 Corinthians. Uh, he's got the power of a bear, like Media Persia, Nebuchadnezzar, that era leading up uh, to today. Most uh, Russian soldiers are now Islamic, going back to the problem with Syria, Jordan and Turkey. Islamic countries, anti-Israel, especially Turkey, coming against the Jews, a line. Babylon, but for today, English, he'll speak English of course, the Antichrist will be able to, to enjoy three cultures and speak multiple languages, I will suggest. Jump down to verse 4. And they worshipped the dragon, the devil, which gave power unto the beast, number one, and they worshipped the beast, number two, saying, Who is like unto the beast, number three, who is able to make war with him, the beast, the beast, the beast, the beast. This supernatural creature, the Antichrist, is a man, I do believe, but he's also a beast. Judas Iscariot was a man, but he was also a beast. And three times the beast is mentioned. Jump over to verse 11. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. He's got claws, like Leviathan has claws. Again, the, the false prophet is a man, I do believe. The Antichrist is a man, I do believe. But the Antichrist is seen as a beast, like a wild animal, like a panther, like a, uh, a leopard, or a cheetah. And of course, cheetahs are the fastest moving animals on the face of the earth. When they see you, they run. And when they start to run, you can't outrun it. Beast coming out of the earth, two horns like a lamb, counterfeit of Christ, of course, spake as a dragon. Dragon, dragon, the devil, of course. Twelve, and he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. He points to the beast. And I guess 2020 will be another year to go down in history. It's a bad year. I mean, everybody lined up and did what they were told this past year. They all took time out. They all wore the mask to go shopping. In the UK, it's, it's a legal requirement. They gave their names and dresses for uh, restaurants. Uh, they went out for a meal. They lined outside supermarkets for uh, the purchase of their food and people were saying years to come look that generation from 2020 they all fell in line only a very few said no we won't roll along with this we will speak against it we won't be taking the vaccine which has uh, parts of aborted babies inside of the vaccine at church of rome is saying it's okay for catholics to take the vaccination and of course that was a dress rehearsal I do think that's the case for last year or from last year was a dress rehearsal to get people to prepare for the unexpected. I mean, who would have thought just a year ago that people would be lining up outside supermarkets to buy their food, wearing masks and gloves. Uh, and again, gloves over the hands, mask over the face, which is your head. I'll discuss that more in a few minutes. Giving the names and addresses to restaurant owners which was what was taking place in Europe during World War II. Name and address. Do you know if you go to Italy, for example, 
and you go to a hotel, you have to give them your passport and they take your details down. Fifteen, and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Again, three times. Scripture wants you to know that this entity is a real powerful entity. The beast, the beast, the beast. The Antichrist is the second most mentioned person in Scripture after Christ. The devil, of course, is connected uh, to the Antichrist. But I suppose, strictly speaking, it's going to be Christ, the devil, then the Antichrist. But the Antichrist is just mentioned time after time in the New Testament. But I do believe in the years to come, maybe this year, maybe next year, they'll look back over 2020 and say that was a generation that we, the elite, that we, the principalities in the higher places, will say to themselves, we've got the whole world to line up in preparation for the mark of the beast. 16. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. It goes back once again to the right eye. What's wrong with the right eye? What's the issue with the right hand? The right hand, of course, is the mark of the beast. In fact, go back to uh, Zechariah quickly. And keep your hand there in Revelation uh, 13. 13, Friday the 13th. And I think there are 13 letters in the name of Judas Iscariot. Uh, Zechariah 11, 17. Woe to the idle shepherd that leaveth the flock, Antichrist. The sword shall be upon his arm and upon his right eye. His arm shall be clean, dried up, and his right eye shall be utterly darkened. So his arm, and I'm going to suggest his right arm, is where the mark of the beast is going to go. And of course the uh, eye is part of the forehead, part of the head, where the mark of the beast goes. Uh, yeah, the mark of the beast goes into the forehead. In the right hand, or in their foreheads. We'll come back to Revelation shortly. Go to Second uh, Samuel. Uh, chapter 14 and we'll discover some more traits about the antichrist i've been able to do the book of psalms over the last 30 weeks and one of david's biggest enemies would you believe was his own son absalom yes he would take on the philistines also hamites i should say and uh king saul another type of the antichrist but one of his main enemies was absalom he loved his son of course and of course his son would betray him, as would uh, Judas Iscariot betray Jesus. Again, this is a circle of a book. Circular book. Uh, 2 Samuel 14.25 But in all Israel there was none to be so much praised as Absalom for his beauty. From the sole of his foot, even to the crown of his head, there was no blemish in him. Christ is spoken of as being a lamb without spots and blemish, and of course, Absalom is another counterfeit of Christ, an antichrist, of course. But in all Israel, there was none to be so much praised as Absalom for his beauty. That's what is said about Satan in Ezekiel 28. 
from the sole of his foot even to the crown of his head. There was no blemish in him. Absalom means father of peace. There is no peace for the wicked, saith my God. When they say peace, peace, then cometh sudden destruction, so on so forth. In all Israel there was none to be so much praised as Absalom for his beauty. That's all you told about the man. That he was a good-looking guy. Very cosmetic, I suppose. The word of God says how man looks on the outward appearance, but God on the inward. From the sole of his foot, even to the crown of his head, there was no blemish in him. From the outside, I guess he was considered to be spotless, but of course the Lord looks on the inward. He wants to see the heart, not the outward. Look at 26. And when he pulled his head, for it was at every year's end that he pulled it, because the hair was heavy on him, therefore he pulled it. He weighed the hair of his head at 200 shekels, after the king's weight, pulled like to cut or to shear i guess every year this was quite an event to see absalom having his hair cut he's like a black man i suppose with long hair thick dreadlocks and when he pulled his head for it was at every year's end that he pulled it because the hair was heavy on him therefore he pulled it he got so heavy he had to cut it but only once a year he weighed the hair of his head at 200 shekels after the king's weight 200 shekels after the king's weight that's around six seven pounds and they were lined up to see absalom having his hair cut quite a commotion i would suggest 15 2 and absalom rose up early as would pharaoh an early riser what they say the early bird catches the worm and absalom rose up early and stood before the way of the gates he that controls the gate controls the government and it was so that when any man that had a controversy came to the king for judgment then absalom called unto him and said of what city art thou and he said thy servant is of one of the tribes of israel he is being presumptuous he had no right to step into the shoes of david david wanted solomon to replace him and the lord was in complete agreement with that of course obviously but here absalom one of david's many children i think from memory he had 20 children 20 wives many concubines that was one of david's sins of the flesh he was a ladies man and here absalom wants to know who these people are where they're coming from he's basically bigging and bigging himself up as they say trying to fill his father's shoes jump down to verse uh, five and so it was that when any man came nigh to him to do him obeisance he put forth his hand and took him and kissed him right hand i would suggest they're taking his hand kissing his hand the pope wants you to kiss his hand again i think it's the right hand from memory i may be wrong but it's still the same thing when cornelius met simon peter when uh, john met daniel revelation 19 and acts chapter 10 when sinners uh met christ they bowed down to christ and he took the worship thomas would say my lord and my god never once would christ say get up I'm just a man like any of you are but simon would tell cephas uh, he would tell uh, cornelius to get up and uh, daniel would tell john to get up at the antichrist verse 5 he won't tell you to get up when any man came nigh to him to do him obeisance bow down to him he put forth his hand and took him and kissed him the kiss in the hand but also a so-called kiss a Middle Eastern greeting. 
they call that the kiss of peace but it's really the kiss of death because of course Judas would give Christ the kiss of death six and on this manner did Absalom to all Israel that came to the king for judgment so Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel he stole their hearts they should have followed David backed him to the hilt but one day one of his sons gets up and says follow me I'll do this and I'll do that and a good number would follow Absalom David is made aware of it he runs for the hills with his men of war and the most uh, the first uh, 18 19 20 Psalms will be David speaking about the pain of his son launching a coup d'etat stole the hearts of the men of Israel the Jewish leaders in the times of Jesus were very jealous of Jesus and they tried to steal the hearts of the people but not quite of course that was an, that was a generation of huge deep apostasy but that's always been the issue hasn't it to steal the hearts of the people seven and it came to pass after 40 years that Absalom said unto the king I pray thee let me go and pay my vow which I have vowed unto the Lord in Hebron he offers himself as being a religious character but he's far from being religious and after 40 years that's been attacked by all King James haters they say it should be four years of course this is in reference to David's time on the throne after 40 years of David being king this incident is taking place and it came to pass after 40 years that Absalom said unto the king I pray thee let me go and pay my vow which I have vowed unto the Lord in Hebron like Judas would do with the high priests for thy servant vowed a vow while I abode at Geshur in Syria saying of the Lord shall bring me again indeed to Jerusalem then I will serve the Lord he's a liar he offers himself as being religious on the outward no American president could survive without being religious in Britain if you are religious you can't survive again the pushback is tremendous spirits in the high places pushing back attacking biblical Christianity no other faith gets critiqued criticized as much as biblical Christianity experiences and the king said unto him go in peace so he arose and went to Hebron go to chapter 18 chapter 18 so he's religious he allows people to kiss his hand to kiss him he wants to offer himself as being something which he is not these are all traits of the Antichrist 18 18 now Absalom in his lifetime had taken and read up for himself a pillar which is in the king's dale for he said I have no son to keep my name in remembrance and he called the pillar after his own name and it is called unto this day Absalom's place a pillar a grove a shrine of some kind he wants to have a bit of history I guess to fall back on something to be remembered by shrines if you look at uh, if you go into Google or go into YouTube and type in Absalom's place you'll find what looks like a Masonic monument it was built about a thousand years after he died a very ugly looking uh, place to visit for the tourists outside of Jerusalem but the original monument is called a pillar 
So once again, this man is religious. He's got an idol of some kind in his grove, in his shrine. I have no son to keep my name in remembrance. And he called the pillar after his own name. And it is called unto this day Absalom's place. Go to Acts chapter 1. Now it's getting really cold. Acts chapter 1. Look at verse uh, 24. And they prayed and said, Thou Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship, from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. His own place, Absalom's place. So Absalom is a type of the Antichrist. Judas Iscariot is a type of the Antichrist. Judas, it's called the son of perdition, would launch an attack against the Lord. Absalom, meaning father of, uh, father of peace, would launch an attack against his father. Of course, Jesus is Israel's everlasting father. Isaiah chapter 9, not God the Father, but Israel's everlasting father. So Judas is a son of Israel. Absalom, son of Israel. Absalom is going after David, his father. Judas was going after Jesus, his father. Again, this book is a circle of a book. Go back to Revelation. In fact, go to Ephesians 6 first, uh, and we're finished in Revelation. Ephesians 6, 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore take unto you the whole armour of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Peace. We come in peace. We don't come with a sword. We have to put our own flesh down before we deal with others, but not in a physical sense, in a spiritual sense, of course. We are a spiritual priesthood, not a literal priesthood. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and hit the helmets of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirits and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints and for me the utterance may be given unto me that i may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which i am an ambassador in bonds that therein i may speak boldly as i ought to speak Revelation now. We don't physically wrestle with people, obviously, uh, but when the Antichrist arrives and the false prophet arrive, they will get their claws into people. God will destroy their claws eventually, but not straight away. The Antichrist will be a man who has a problem with his right eye and perhaps his right arm. Of course, the right eye is connected with the forehead, mark of the beast, and the right arm is where the mark of the beast is going to go and all these pop stars think they're being funny clever uh, marking themselves up but all they're doing is following a curse line going back to ham uh nimrod a panther a beast and that beast will take it to hell with him forever revelation uh 20 
ten, and the devil, that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, present tense, and shall be tormented, day and night, forever and ever. So they get a period of time to roam the earth, and they will do what they want to do for a period of time. This is how the devil knows he has a short time. And once a church has been removed, could be this year, perhaps, one day it will take place, but it could be this year, as Joe is being sworn in. A wonderful sentiment, like I say, the rapture is ordered by the Lord, and up we go into the clouds, and you've got hell on, the, uh, hell on earth for seven years. And people say, this is wonderful, we finally got peace. The vaccine will be rolled out all over the world. Just for the record, I don't believe the, the, uh, the vaccine is the mark of the beast. It doesn't seem to tie a tie with the mark of the beast. Uh, the vaccine is problematic, it's dangerous, it's being rushed out. We shan't be taking it, Patrick and I. Whereas the mark of the beast, uh, once you take it, you are forever damned. But push your teachers, push your leaders to uh, explain what they would do with the vaccine. I think it still hasn't really been tested. It's still too early to know the long-term damage. Uh, the thought of taking something which has been... Uh, which has come from aborted babies uh, just turns my stomach. I saw a clip a few days ago of John MacArthur being asked about the vaccine and he said this that he's not pro or against the vaccine or any vaccine for that matter uh, he would take it if he had to and I thought but has he even researched what's inside of the vaccine? Of course it was MacArthur who said a few years ago that in the tribulation you could take the mark of the beast and still be saved. In fact, go back to that piece in Revelation 13. And it's guys like MacArthur who sit on the fence when it comes to the vaccine, and guys like MacArthur who speak out of both sides of their mouth when it comes to the mark of the beast. And of course, if you take the mark of the beast in uh, Revelation 14, uh, verse 9 tells you what will take place. If any man worship the beast in his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hands the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation and he shall be tormented he shall be tormented and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb and the smoke the smoke the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever this goes on forever and they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name it's not right for people to say you can take the mark and still be saved it's a lie of course those who take the mark of the beast in the tribulation were never saved to begin with and i made that case a couple of years ago from the open air pulpit but any preacher who's worth his weight in gold should say listen in principle don't take the mark of the beast because once you take it you are forever affiliated to the beast the antichrist and when you do that you go to hell forever the vaccine we will see what happens long term i've seen a lot of terrible stories online about people who've taken the mark in america not the mark the, uh, the vaccine in america and their face is just turned blue and uh one lady put a clip up a few days ago of a black nurse in America who's now got Bell palsy uh, 
whether or not these stories are correct i don't know but what i do know is that the vaccine could be very dangerous and if you are going to take it you need to know exactly what's inside of it check all the facts and once you know what's inside of it pray and if you feel still inclined to take it that's up to you of course but i won't be taking it and nor will patrick so i think you've heard enough from this morning's open air pulpit and again the mist is now clearing behind me very bizarre weather uh, for this time of the year it started off as being mild then it went very cold and now it's mild again but uh, this is a place for me to visit to preach and to teach to encourage the church all over the world and i hope and pray that 2021 will be a good year for all of us uh, even if we are frozen out and pushed out of certain circles it must be very difficult for those who work for the public sector like teachers doctors nurses if they say no to the vaccine what will happen if you want to fly overseas there's now talk of having to uh not just be vaccinated but once you have been vaccinated your name goes on to a register and if you're not vaccinated you won't be put onto this register you can't fly overseas to me that sounds a bit like discrimination cast your mind back to the brexit days you had someone like gina davis and the smp the scottish national party they spent millions taking the british government to court and gina davis spent millions suing the british government over brexit and yet where's gina davis today where's the smp today why aren't they taking the government to court it's over the lockdowns testing some of this medical evidence scrutinizing the data i mean for the entire country to be locked down throughout 2020 without anybody going to court to test it is just incredible i mean covid 19 has affected everybody everybody in this country indirectly brexit will only affect some people directly most people indirectly and yet the scottish national party known also as the scottish nasty party thought nothing about taking the british government to court and gina davis thought nothing about taking the british government to court and yet here we are early 2021 nowhere to be found such people are just nowhere to be found as far as i'm concerned uh, it's a travesty but again the powers that be the elites principalities have to prepare the people all over the world to get ready for the mark of the beast and last year as far as i'm concerned was a dress rehearsal for the mark of the beast which will take place once the church has been raptured so i think i will leave it there on that point and wish you every blessing and peace and joy for 2021 uh, i know that 2020 wasn't just a bad year when it came to covid but probably a bad year for other reasons as well people still get sick they still die uh, and of course if you die without christ you go to hell forever so i think i'll leave it there on that statement the sun is now coming out and i just pray for all of you to be safe and happy throughout this coming year and keep looking up for our redemption joyeth nigh and may the lord bless you all in the name of jesus christ amen and amen just a quick ps to put down on camera and as i was leaving the pulpit earlier on i thought i need to come back to the pulpit <laughs> and yes a lot of snow has fallen since i was last here but a couple of important verses were omitted second uh, samuel 18 look at verse 9 if you will and absalom met the servants of david he is fleeing for his life and they are pursuing him hot on his heels they can taste death but like a panther a cheetah a leopard pursuing its prey and absalom rode upon a mule you think of christ on a donkey en route to jerusalem not to claim his kingdom or crown 
that will take place at the second advent. But here, Absalom is riding on a mule, and for a period of time he thought, I got the word in my hands, a bit like Alexander the Great, a very powerful man, and yet by the age of, what, 33, he's a drunkard, his life is falling apart, and he'll be dead, of course. And the mule went under the thick boughs of a great oak. You think back to the, the, uh, the days of Lewis, when those Catholic girls thought they saw the Virgin Mary. And as they thought they saw the Virgin Mary, of course it wasn't the Virgin Mary, it was a demonic apparition, but they said they saw her by a tree. And of course that tree was an oak tree. Oak trees in scripture are always synonymous with wickedness, devilish activity. Thick boughs of a great oak and his head caught hold of the oak. His head is now stuck in this tree and he was taken up between the heaven and the earth. He's literally hanging from the tree. He's being uh, asphyxiated, as they say. He's being strangled, basically. Uh, terrible way to die. He can't breathe. A bit like those COVID victims. Uh, asphyxiation, I think that's what they call it. And here he's hanging. He's up in midair, basically. He's dying a cursed death. And the mule that was under him went away. It continues on, obviously, oblivious to the fact that its master is gasping for air, for breath, dying a cursed death. And of course, later on, Job comes along and finishes him off. Absalom met the servants of David, and Absalom rode upon a mule, and the mule went under the thick boughs of a great oak, and his head caught hold of the oak. For a moment, for a period of time, the star attraction in Israel was Absalom. Good guy, tall guy, handsome guy, thick set of hair, and yet his hair, part of his head, is now being... Uh, court is now suffering it's now uh, being trapped in the branches of a tree and he's hanging between the heaven and the earth because if you jump up and down technically you are between heaven and earth and the mule that was under him went away go to revelation 17 so the spirit that destroyed absalom would destroy uh, judas iscariot absalom died a cursed death went to his place judas died a cursed death and uh, went to his place the antichrist would also die a cursed death and go to his place absalom was a human being i do believe judas was a human being i do believe and the antichrist will be a human being i do believe could come this year perhaps a future pope we'll have to wait and see uh, but in the meantime uh, revelation 17 8 the beast that thou sawest was and is not I shall ascend out of the bottomless pits and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wander, whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. Three parts to his being, if you will, past tense, was, uh, present tense and is not, future tense, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit. So one day, the final and terrible antichrist will arrive and for a period of time he's going to destroy so many people the beast that thou sawest was and is not and should ascend out of the bottomless pits and go into perdition everlasting hell and they that dwell on the earth shall wander whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world not before the foundation of the world but from the foundation of the world when they when they, when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is so there's three parts to his being past present and future another counterfeit of christ go to uh, revelation 
chapter 1, Revelation chapter 1, verse 4. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is, and which was, and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. Past tense, present tense, future tense. Beast has past tense, present tense, future tense. Again, the counterfeits are loaded in scripture, found in both testaments, but they all end in misery. Cursed death for Absalom, cursed death for Judas. Yes, Christ would die, a cursed death for everyone. And those that trust him are spared everlasting destruction. But uh, Absalom was like a panther. Judas was like a leopard. All these Syrian Jews, and yes, the final Antichrist will be a Syrian Jew. Judas was a Jew, after all. Absalom was a Jew, after all. The Antichrist will be a Jew, after all. Also, the tribe of Dan is connected to the Antichrist due to the idolatry uh, incident back in Judges. But for the most part, the future and final Antichrist will be somebody who will have an issue with his right eye, probably his right arm, his right hand. I won't say he's got long hair or is particularly tall, but his features will be a damaged right eye. His eye is darkened, basically. And of course, the right arm, the arm, the right arm is where the mark of the beast goes. So you see the whole thing is already laid out thousands of years before the church of Christ arrived before Christ came and died and of course also from uh, Genesis verse 3 14 and the Lord God said unto the serpent because thou hast done this deceived Adam and Eve thou art cursed above all cattle and upon every beast beast of the field and upon thy belly shalt thou go and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life look at verse 15 and I put enmity between thee and the woman, between you and Eve, between you and Israel, between you and the church, and between thy seed and her seed, seed of the serpent, the beast, seed of Christ, if you will, the church. It shall bruise thy head, like Absalom, like Judas Iscariot, and thou shalt bruise his heel, like the devil bruising the heel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So once again, thousands of years ago, way back in the Old Testament, the Lord telling you that there'll be two lines of people and those like Absalom and Judas will be in the line of the serpent and those that will believe in the Lord Jesus Christ like David and others will be in his messianic line for one final time before the light goes out on me. It shall bruise thy head and it would do with Absalom and Judas Iscariot and thou, the devil, shalt bruise his, Christ's heel. Again, scripture, scripture, you get an incredible story of this ongoing enmity, this ongoing battle between good and evil, right and wrong. And on that statement, I would now sign up once and for all from very snowy, frosty, not too cold, but a beautiful New Year's Day open air popper video and wish you peace and joy in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.